In this life, you have it all. And at the same time, feel like you have nothing at all. A curious condition faced by Miss Desiree Dawkins. On top of the music industry, big house, good husband, but cursed with painful migraines and deep depression. This is how she got cured. for dropping in on this week's episode of Music, the Bed of Life. What you were just hearing is a little bit of a group called Copatechnic. I had the pleasure of running into this group totally by accident, and I was really intrigued with the sound that they had going on, and I was more intrigued once I got some of the materials that I got to go look online about and check out and see what was going on. So. I'm going to bring Copatechnic to you because they're in the house. Hey, what's hey. going on? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting Yes, us. thank you. Thank you so much. And I don't want to introduce you guys, so I'm going to start to my left, Mr. R.K. Jackson. Uh, <clears throat> and been in the music business for a little bit, um, worked on, uh, started working out with uh C.C. Peniston, uh, Dina Howard, uh, Amber. Amber was uh, one of the first artists that I worked with in um, uh, our company, Urban Tracks. We uh, just kind of had a camp going of, of, of great artists that we were able to get materials to the major labels to. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, just been doing that for years. And then <clears throat> fast forward to now, uh, we put together Copa Technic. And ever since we've been cruising, I mean, we've, you know, we get to do the stuff that we love as opposed to stuff that the labels are forcing us to do or may direct us to do, but we get to do the stuff we love. Excellent. <laughs> and Miss Amber? Yes, my name is Amber Dirks. And just to piggyback on what um, RK had mentioned, you know, I've been in the industry for quite a while. Um, not only have I been doing stuff with Urban Tracks, but I've also been a known singer with the group Sister Sledge, if people know who oh. Sister Sledge is. I've been... I just got just done now. having an episode <laughs> with Sister Sledge's drummer. Oh, is that right? Sitting right there where I came from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I had been touring with them for almost 20 years. Thank you, We are so happy to be here with you. And right now, I want to take a So you know Ira. Oh, yeah, I know Ira. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then, you know, as we came together as 
as Copatechnic. It's a, it's a new journey and it's bringing a lot of our creatability out and what it is that we really love to do. Mm -hmm. And just like what RK was saying is we're not we're not being um, told what to do. We're doing what we love to do. And that's the that's the beauty of Absolutely. the thing that we're doing. Right. OK, so that then means that Urban Tracks must be your company. Okay. It's my company, but I mean, I mean, right now it's just a, a distribution hub for what we're doing with Copatechnic. But uh, Copatechnic is what, you know, that's where I'm at right now is, with, is just working in the group. Instead of doing the CEO thing, I would rather mm. do the musician yeah. producer thing. Excellent. Yeah. And, and where did Copatechnic come from? Because that's not a name that <laughs> just, you know, is, is uh, something you hear every day. Uh, you know what? I thought that it was a, a cool name because uh, I, I know that. Uh, Copacetic. Uh, yeah, Copacetic. Uh, mm -hmm. I think Bojangles was it Bojangles that used to use that that mm -hmm. expression, mm -hmm. um, and you know we just kind of turned it into, you know, like a feel good thing. But we're using you know electronic music. Correct. Yeah. With with that eclectic sound that we have because we're very eclectic. Yeah, we're just not. We're just not. <laughs> we're just not electronic music or dance mm -mm. or house where mixture of R&B, all of that wrapped up into one. It's all, you know, still all soul derivative. Well, part of what I was just listening to, um, and I have to tell you, I did a little homework. Uh -oh. So I was, <laughs> I was listening to a few other pieces of information about Always and, and the music. And to me, it had a, a bit of a flair of disco and R&B and, and that mix, just like you said. Yeah. But uh, Amber sounds yes. like th this is a style <laughs> that you like because this is going back to that '70s soul. Oh yes, yes. It's, I mean, that era. Let's let's keep it 100. I mean, mm. that era of music was just it was phenomenal. I mm. mean, it had a story to it. You know, everybody. It was relatable. Mm -hmm. You know, and it and it showcased soul. You know, and so I was so happy to be involved because I was able to embody all of that and what I knew into this project. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's go back a little ways. Let's go back. Okay. Let's put the needle back. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> yes. Let's put the needle back. I'm going to ask you both probably one at a time. We'll start with you, Amber. Uh-oh. Okay. As a child, as far back as you can remember, mm -hmm. what was the first time you realized you had music in your life this is gonna sound very surreal very surreal and i'll never forget i was at my aunt sarah's house hey sarah <laughs> i was at hey, her sarah. house and she had every album known you know mm -hmm. um to man especially back in those days you know she was also let me just add this little tidbit about my aunt she was also Remember when they had um, what was that Jet magazine? She was Jet, the music yeah. of the week, so really, I had to throw that I didn't even know that. Oh, you did? Come <laughs> on, man! I told you that. You oh. did. Sarah, look, I, I didn't even know that. Oh so, man! I, I, oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So anyhow, she was a center spread. Hey, she was. Yeah. She was what was up. She's she a beautiful was, woman. She's she was, a beautiful woman. Yes, yeah, she now, is, so. and she was the epitome of that time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So getting back to that, she had every album known, and I'm not kidding you. This this is why I say it's so surreal. I looked at that album of Sister Sledge. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And we were always, you know, family get together. We, you yeah. know, we are family. You know, always yeah. singing yeah. and da 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 da. 
And I, at that moment, I said, man, I would love to be, you know, a part of something like that. You know. So how old were you? What, what are we talking young. about? Don't be trying to go <laughs> I'm not trying to ask how old you are now. I'm not <laughs> crazy. No. That was a, that was that was many years ago. Um, many many years ago. Um, I'd say 80s, 90s. You know, mm. 90s, 80s, 90s. Shut mm-hmm. up. So anyway, so it was around that time. Maybe it was seven. No, no, okay. no, no. Right. It wasn't. Um, but that was a time when I thought, oh my gosh, I would love to be. A part of something like this. I always had that, you know, like most young ladies, you know, oh, I want to be this, I'll be an actress, I'll be a mob, you know, this and this. But it didn't really come to me, and this is going to get really deep. I didn't realize I had it until my first son was born, mm. who um, unfortunately is no longer with me anymore. You know, he um, he has cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and every... Um, seizure known to man, mm. you know, and at that time I thought I was going to become a nurse. Um, I was in nurse, you know, doing nursing. I was nurse, nursing was a CNA with elderly people. Mm. And, um, I thought I was going to pursue a career in that because I wanted to provide a better lifestyle for my son, you know, and then I'll never forget one evening, you know, my mom said, Hey, they're having a, a singing, you know, contest, you know, I want you to come out you know, and, and, and try it. Mm-hmm. So I went and I wasn't expecting anything, but I won. Mm-hmm. I won this contest. And, and then I thought, you know, maybe I should try to pursue this more. Maybe because this would enable me to do things for him and others. It mm-hmm. should I become successful, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's how this all came about, you know? Yeah. Um, and to this day, if I was to make a, uh, a platinum record made money, you know, mm. I'd still open up a foundation in his name. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it's, you're always doing something for something. Yeah. You know, yeah. and for me, it's never been about greed. Mm-hmm. It's about what I could do to help others. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I kind of felt that when I met you guys, when I first met you, it didn't seem like, oh, we're all that. We're the we're the entertainment tonight. We're, you know. <laughs> oh, no. I appreciate that. So when that. I first talked to R.K., you know, and he just came right on over, I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to chat with you later. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. And here you are. So what brought music to your life? And at what age, if you can remember? Well, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's really hard for me to remember what age because music's been in my family for, for years. And, um, my father was, he was an older dad. So, I ended up listening to big band, Sarah Vaughn, mm. down in Washington. Um, that was his era. He was a World War II era uh, person. And, um, you know, that's what he he listened to. Mm. And then I, I listened to that. My mother loved jazz and also Motown. So I, I was listening to that. My uncle played jazz piano. And um, but I remember my parents used to have these parties and, you know, it's all adults and <laughs> I ended up like taking the records that they had and I was just putting them on as they were having a party. So my father bought me a record player <laughs> and a little thing where I could have my own records. So I would pick up all the records that I was going to do for the evening and as adults are drinking. I'm like spinning records. What? You was DJing? Uh, yeah, five or six years old. <laughs> right? I was throwing on 45s and I was just like... Hey, was you trying to sneak something? 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured that. Hey, you know, somebody leave a drink there, you know, have a little sip. <laughs> <laughs> like like you had like you how you had to uh, sneak to watch Richard Pryor. Richard oh, Pryor, Red, Richard Pryor. Yeah. Red now we're going way back. Okay. Moms, maybe, uh, man, all that stuff. I was, mm-hmm. I had my hands in there. But uh, yeah, I, I listened to, start doing the records, start putting those on. And then after a while, there was records that I liked, I liked on the radio mm-hmm. that um, I said, my mother, you know, I like that record, I like that record. But instead of buying all those records, there used to be a company called K-Tail that used to put like all the records that you love pretty much what on one that? record. Mm-hmm. Who's K-Tel, man? K-Tel? You never heard of K-Tel? No. K-Tel, they used to, they used to put out greatest like, hits. Yeah, the greatest hits. Like, so mm. you mm, get, you'll get sick. Love Train, the OJs, and, and yeah. uh yeah, you'll just get like all the hits. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that record oh. set that they they mm. put on TV and, and infomercialized. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Okay. But okay. It was, you know, you, you get the K Tell stuff, and then you know, like you have all the hits. Mm-hmm. But what I started noticing is that I start looking at the back of the records, and after a while, I started knowing the sounds of even the producers that were doing the records. Mm-hmm. Like I could hear a Quincy record. That's Quincy mm-hmm. Jones. I was like, you know, nine years old. That's Quincy Jones. Wow. And uh, my brother, he played in the band. And he played like in our base in our basement, and there was a vent that led right upstairs to my room. So I would hear all the music he was playing. He was playing Slave and uh, you know Parliament Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. And so when he would go to school, I would go down sneak and get those records and start listening to all that stuff. And like I said, I became a producer fanatic where I could recognize the sound of producer, whether it was the Bee Gees. Mm. Um, or whether which uh, Nile Rogers and Bernard talking Edwards. About BG, so go ahead. Yeah, what'd you say? I said talking about BG, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, all these different producers is like boom. I can start picking up their stuff. So by the time I got to high school and was playing in bands, you know, we would, you know, we would do In the Stone, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, mm-hmm. those type of records. Um, we did uh, like. Uh, Flash dance, or we would do these <laughs> these modern records. Uh, Daz band, Little Wit, Daz band, <laughs> yeah. So we were playing, we were playing all the hits. But you know what? I the music that I started gravitating towards was the stuff that Quincy did with Michael mm-hmm. and Prince. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Prince was like a huge influence for my generation. Uh, you know, you know, can't say enough about him, but. No. Uh, but I came at a really interesting time um, in music for somebody my age, born in Chicago, because I got the foundation of music. Um, but I, I was loving the disco era, mm-hmm. and then from the disco era came the '80s funk and the Prince sound, but then also hip hop and house music. Mm-hmm. You know, we were. I mean, people don't like. I was in high school in back then, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school, and house music was was just developing into a music. They were taking some of the Philly stuff and mixing it mm-hmm. with electronic music, and we were experimenting. And um, you know, and, and the music we do at Copertechnic that kind of encompasses mm-hmm. all those things because. Mm-hmm. You know, SOS. Yeah, yeah, SOS. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. Oh my God! I mean, that's like my favorite, one of my favorite production teams. Um, And I got to meet him when I was at A and M Records. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. A&M Records? Yeah, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I was a staff producer at A&M Records for a little bit when doing CCM and Lakers Records. And I met I, I was on, I was I was on the Lakers house. Record, too. And you were on my Lakers Record, too. And, and I mean, that was, like, a great time. And, um, yeah, I mean, but to meet Jam and Lewis and to actually sitting be in a room with him listening to a record that you produced a ballad and then he's like that's dope mm-hmm. yeah. you know that 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 was a great feeling yeah. and um so you know everything that we're doing with Copatechnic you know the the whole story of the always thing is like you know that's stuff that we've done from you know 2009 to right now and i think when we saw the always concept is when I think, remember, I was standing in front of the, the board. I'm like, I started writing all the songs down. Yeah. <laughs> it's a story. It's a story. <laughs> you were writing them down. as it, So you wrote this. Did you write the story? I co-wrote the story with, with uh, Christopher Harmon, but mm-hmm. it's all inspired by our group, Copatechnia. It's, it's like... Oh, see, I music. thought it was the other way around. No, no, no. the music. No, the, oh. music, was, the music is the, the, the foundation of, of everything. Of everything. Okay. And so we developed mm-hmm. a screenplay from that. And then from that screenplay, we because we were like, we can make this an actual play. But then we did a screenplay so we can make it a movie, and then we made it a book so we can also do an audible for it as well. But, mm-hmm. um, Good, I got credits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like I said, the mu- it starts with Copatechnic. It starts with the music. It starts with, you know, you know, Amber and I. I know we we have the same taste in music. You know, like. We listened to the SOS band. We listened to Sherelle. We mm-hmm. listened to Evelyn Champagne King. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. you know, Kashif was like, you know, like a god in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just all of those is, it's not, for me, it's not one singular thing. It's just a combination of just all these different inspirations. Right. right. You know, we forgot to mention that Debbie's on on a track. Too. Yeah, Debbie's on uh, um, Dimlet City. She came in and... Oh, was she? Yeah. She, I, I assume you're talking about Debbie Sledge. Debbie Sledge, yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, so, I mean, like I said, we, we had some great people to work on the album. Uh, Danny Chantel. Moore. Yeah, Chantel Reed, uh, Danny Moore. Um, we're missing our comrade, Jimmy Austin. He mm-hmm. couldn't make it today, but, um, uh, you know, talking about an excellent songwriter. Yes. And, yes. you know, and... <clears throat> he hits right to the heart um, with lyrics and awesome. and we collaborate well together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so the three of you are Copatechnic. That's mm-hmm. correct. Okay. So who started it and who brought who in? You know what? I think it we'll was kind of like yeah. I think we just kind of like fell in. Yeah, it, it was just, just fell into it. Yeah, it was organic where we just kind of just we were all grooving together and we just said, hey, let's let's do this thing. Yeah. We'll talk about how we woodshed in the studio. You tell me. Tell yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I think it all started there because we were woodshedding. We we were doing, you know, song after song after song. And no kidding. Got in there 4 o'clock on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Didn't leave until Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just song after song after song after song. Right. You know, and it was just a continual vibe. And then from that point, that's when we said, man, we need to do something with this, yeah. you know? Because we all just vibe, like like uh, Marquez said, it was very organic. You know, it wasn't nothing that we had to 
you know, pushed together. We had the support, too, of our families, mm-hmm. you know, because you got to have that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes. know, got to have that support. I mean, we was in it day and night and never one time have we ever, ever had any issues with when we need to go in the studio and, and do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and that that is a very important aspect. Yes, to it be is. Successful. Okay. in anything that you do you got to have that support system so yeah. we was we've been very blessed with that and i think um that's why we're continuing to do the things that we do so who's the who's the okay skip that question let me ask <laughs> while it's on my mind uh-huh. um, you said that you weren't you, you didn't start doing what until after you had your first child was that singing well did you not start now, singing me, until okay. after that? So, yeah, let me explain it. I really never had a voice until after You have song. one now. <laughs> I, I, I give credit for my song. Okay. You did know? you never try to sing? I mean, or I did tried, you try, but I mean, it just... You can ask my aunt Sarah. She'll tell you how my voice was. Okay. What's her <laughs> number? Girl, I might just um, give her a call. <laughs> I know this is your dream. She's a singer. My aunt. My mm-hmm. aunt Sarah is a singer. <laughs> you know, but I, here I'm trying, you know, but that... It, it wasn't there, but mm-hmm. I really truly believe that with the love of my son and what I really, you know, felt I needed to accomplish for him, mm-hmm. you know, that brought that out. Did you start taking lessons? Did you no, just start singing I more? I just sang more, you know, um, followed um, the best of the best artists, you know, Whitney Houston, Anita Baker, mm-hmm. uh, Aretha Franklin. Sarah, I can go down the line, yeah. you know, uh, of people. Gladys Knight, and I can go on and on and on, you know, all these wonderful vocalists, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, and then it's always trying to, you know, you create your own. You're not trying to be like someone. You want right. to create your own, and I think that's where I developed my own. Yes, you did. <laughs> my wife is listening to some of these episodes, and she was like, that sounds really good. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank her for that. Yeah. <laughs> She's liking it. So, and and part of that, I think, is because of that soulful sound that you got going on. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably attribute that to you, right, Marquette? Because mm-hmm. you're on the keyboards, throwing down them nice mellow mm-hmm. chords. Yeah, I, I mean, but, you know, when I sit down, whether they have a melody already done or I have the chords, I mean, it's um, it just feels good when we work together because <clears throat> we can go into the studio at the very beginning walk out and be like, yeah, okay, hmm. we got we got this. We may have another session to follow up to tighten things mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you know, just the the creative part of, of, of bringing the song to life, that happens generally the first time we, we, we all sit down. Even if we haven't been together for, like, a few months, you know, it's, it's just natural for us just to get together and just start working. <laughs> so you were... Born in Chicago. You were born in New York. No. You weren't born in I New York. I was born in Holland. It can oak you who Nelon's father. Yeah. So I I'm going to have to get you to write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> so it was in Nelon Kabul. Huh? So I was born in Holland. Oh, you go, girl. <laughs> Look at you. In Kunikanalan. So on the Queensland. So anyway, and then brought into New York. You know, which the New York state of mind is never leaving me, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and then here in Arizona. Um, but, yeah. You know, I live a little bit in L.A., but, but you know, everybody always comes back here. Let's just keep it real. Everybody here meaning does. Arizona? Arizona, yeah. 
I don't know. Everybody oh, comes. No, a lot of people I know. Especially after last July. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how long have you been here then? I've been here for a long time. So I would say, um, yeah, I've been here since since 84. So here long. Mm-hmm. I have no clue how, how old <laughs> you are, and I'm not going to ask. But right. longer here than anywhere else? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then Chicago, you were born in Chicago? Born, born and raised in Chicago. I came out here to Arizona to go to ASU. Mm-hmm. And so did I. In uh, the <laughs> mid 2000s. <laughs> 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 you see, you see that devil flag back there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I went to, I went to ASU, and, and, you know, that's why I came out to Arizona. Loved it out here. My, you know, my my family, my girls, and everything were born out here. So, yeah. I decided to stay, and then I moved back to Chicago for a little bit, and then came back out. <laughs> He's a See, hawk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago. They didn't call it Windy City for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no more snow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been out here for about about thirty five years, on and off. So. Okay. And have you been, I know you said that you've gotten into Copatechnic. You guys wanted to start doing your own thing because you wanted to, you wanted to do that and stop working with other, not stop, but put aside working with other artists for a little bit. Sometimes, you know what, working for a major label, you know, it could, it could be great because the money's there. Mm-hmm. But it could be also an empty feeling when they touch your work and they try to alter mm-hmm. it or bring other people in to work on it. Um, so it's, I mean, and that's just what they do in the major labels, no matter if you're a huge producer or what. They're like, oh, we need so-and-so to come in and maybe do this and that on it. Or we, we need you to change. This. One of the things that they wanted me to do was when I was playing for uh, CC was to ease up on the gospel chords. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, don't play the gospel chords so much, you know, maybe use some triads or, you know, but don't, you know, don't, you know, the flatten fists and, the, you know, don't, don't do any of that. So mm-hmm. we could do what we want to do. Keep it straight. Triads. Yeah, we could do, we could do, you know, some sevenths in there or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, you know, we, you know, like I said, our music kind of touches upon like so many different genres it's not just one particular thing it's just you know what we feel based on our inspiration and how we how we come in uh one of the songs that we did on the record amber and i did a a previous version of that um years ago when we first met which one it it is called uh i know you want it do you want me uh on the always yeah, I didn't get that one either. That's right. okay. That's all right. But uh, we we but, did that. But I will add it. Yeah. Oh, but, you'll add it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we uh, we did, we did that record and no, well, we won't go into all that. But um, that was the first time we met because I remember um, this is right around the time right after I did CC's record and I was working on Malika's record. Um, it was a talent show, wasn't it? It was a talent. She she did a talent show. I was there. And one thing I noticed is that, you know, she was really aggressive. Things that you don't see a lot of people do right now when they when they go on stage is just 
take command of the stage, you know, and and, and be bold. Mm-hmm. Just oh, perform. Nice. Okay. Yeah, 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 and be bold performing. You know, and yeah. I mean, but that makes a difference. That you, you know, when you have people come to your office and they say, "Oh, I want a record deal," or "I want to do this and that," and then you give them, "Okay, well, I want you to sing this particular song, this Whitney song," or "I want you to sing this Shaka Khan song." I don't really want to sing that. I want to sing this. No, I want you to sing a specific song because I want you. To, I want to challenge you to go beyond your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And when people don't want to do that, you know, when you ask them to sing out loud, <laughs> it's like, and, and they won't do it. I, I don't really, I, I'm not comfortable. Then you're not the right person for what I would like to do. So, mm-hmm. um, but when you're on stage and you're like, you got the mic and you're at the audience, you pointing at them. You know, and it's like everybody's hyped up. It's like that, I was Yeah, well, yeah, you was you was just you were you were up there just doing your thing. I told you you were reacting with me, and we were way down the other end. <laughs> but you got to go up there with no fear. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. And, and and people can feed off your confidence or your lack thereof. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, when I saw her doing her thing up there, I was like, yeah, she's, you know, and you know yourself and you know a few other people select people yeah they they can do that but um that's why we initially hooked up is because i saw her boldness on stage mm-hmm. i'm like she'll be a good artist well, i appreciate that man yeah. what you have to say to that that it, it's it's touching because um again that was during a time in my life which was very difficult you know my my son was very ill um and here I, I was trying to do something so that I can provide for him a better life, mm-hmm. you know, and one that he will be more functional for him, you know. So I, I just said I'm gonna go out here and just give it my all, you know. What can what what can happen? Is right. it a yes or a no, right? And so um, I did not know that, that he was in the house. And the funniest part about it is too is that I was a big CC fan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yo, so yo, she's talking about CC Peniston, in case y'all don't know. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> CC and and so I had no idea, you know. And then um, after my performance, you know, the Urban Tracks crew and everybody approached me, and I was like, "Huh?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Excuse me," and you know, we would love to work with you. And I'm like, "Huh?" You know what I mean? So, and then that's when. Um, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the Malika, uh, Malika's album, you know, I uh, did some backgrounds on that. And what album is that? Malika did an album on A&M called Sugar Time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, from that, she has some songs that were like on, me- on Robert Townsend's Meteor Man. And, um, it did, it did fairly well, but, uh, she got caught up in, um, the politics of A&M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that, you know, besides all of that, I mean, that was big for me, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This is the label. And then through that, I was able to meet Cece. Wait, hold on. Start talking. I think Cece, you turned hello, it off. Hello, hello. You turned you off. Oh, did I? Yeah, I? Oh, I accidentally. Where did it go? You want me to... Want to... <laughs> How did you do that? I don't know. I just did like this to move my shirt, to move it off my. 
You want to stop it? There we go. I don't know how that's very sensitive, so I need to be careful. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Um, But no, I, you know, and then I'll never forget we were in the studio and then CeCe Peniston comes into the studio. So I'm like, oh my God. And at that time I had been living in LA and seeing CeCe, you know, the finally, you know, seeing the, 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 her, um, her video and everything. Mm -hmm. And this is before I met them. So again, another surreal situation where I'm in California this big artist, CeCe Peniston, I'm watching her. I'm like, wow, this is a cool song. You know, I'm vibing off of it. And, everything. and then I'm working with with, with that whole clique when I come back. So it was just a wonderful thing. That's good. You know, That's good. You know um, Arizona does have a lot of wonderful talent here. Yes, know? we do. Yes, we do. And we have wonderful venues for mm-hmm. talent to play in as yeah. well. Well, you know what? Speaking of that, and I know Amber probably did too. We the one of the things is that there was a lot more live music back then, mm-hmm. and there were groups like the Tut Band. Um, oh, I was in the Tut Band. See the whole thing, <laughs> but there was the, like the Tut Band uh, heroes um, mm-hmm. that played across the valley that would give us opportunities to get up there and play, whether we mm-hmm. sucked or not. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even to this day. Uh, a lot of those guys are still my mentors, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah. and I get to speak with them, but you spoke with Jackie lately? I haven't spoke with Jackie. I spoke with Billy. Oh really? Uh, Billy, yeah. Billy still plays, and he's not and, in the state anymore. Huh? No, he's in Alabama, uh, and oh. so is Jackie. Because I guess they went to high school together, and mm-hmm. they both are teachers now, so yeah, they teach yeah. music. Mm-hmm. But um, Jackie hits me up sometimes. I was their lead singer. I was seventeen going. Singing and all that's what I'm saying. Songs. I mean, you could be you, you were young, you <laughs> can actually get up on stage yeah. with them, so you could sing before, but, but that was yeah. But I was still finding my way, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm being asked to sing, but, um, but those guys were at the top of their thing, they were. Again, and for yeah. them to invite you to sing meant that they yeah. had a lot of confidence in what you were doing, so mm-hmm. yeah, a hundred times can you sing Mercedes? A hundred <laughs> times a night, <laughs> yeah. anyway. <laughs> But, hey, yeah. like I said, we got the reps in. Yeah, um, I did to 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 do our <laughs> thing, and then by because uh, I know when I was by the time I did Cece's record, I I still didn't know how to sequence. Mm-hmm. So I went to Shatan. I went oh, yeah. uh, with oh, Otto Daniolo. Forgot about Shatan. Yeah, I, went, yeah. Uh, I was working with Otto Daniolo, and I came with a backpack and a drum machine and. <laughs> just like one set of clothes and he was just like, what do you want to do? I'm like, you know, I'm going to just start playing, I guess. So we put the drum machine on, let it play out. I had already, I did know how to sequence the drum machine, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to sequence the keyboard or bass or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, well, so what do you want to do? I said, just start rolling the tape and I'll I'll just play straight the tape. And then that's, you know, pretty much that whole album. That's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful album. Yeah. Yeah, because I, like I said, didn't know the technical aspect until a little bit later on, until Malika's album, mm-hmm. which I still pretty much played the tape, but I knew a little bit a little bit more to do um, on that album. See, it's amazing what you do. You're talking about having, you know, Amber having the, the guts to get up there and belt it out and point. Yeah, and you, you had. You got you to gotta have some 
a pair to go yeah. walk into somebody's studio not knowing what you're doing. And one, and one, <laughs> one set of clothes in the backpack. Yep, yep. You had a toothbrush, though, at least. I had a toothbrush. Okay, I had right, a toothbrush. Sure. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> and a face club. And, and, face you know, club, wash club, yeah, and everything. Yep, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I was clean. Yeah, yep. I was clean. I was clean. <laughs> but, um, you know, Otto and I, to this day, we still work. Matter of fact, that's where we did the uh, Copatechnic. Um, like the first two or three projects we did, yes. we did it at, at, at Shatan. Is this is this Otto who does the uh, show that he's the online show? Same that Otto? is the Otto D show. Yeah, yeah, that, mm-hmm. very same guy, talented uh, gentleman. You know, producer, mm-hmm. uh, multi you know instruments mm-hmm. uh, engineer. But I mean, he he actually showed me so much in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I took that to you know our project with Cobra Technic yes. and Malika CC. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, shout out to Otto. Yeah, uh, he was instrumental nice. to a lot of the things that we've done. As yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. the, the cool thing about Otto is that he helped uh, helped us with some of the songs on the Always soundtrack. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, shout out to Otto. And, Big shout you know, out! What up, Otto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I said, we fun project, and um, you know, just like from all the experience that I've gotten uh, in music, you know, I felt that project kind of encompassed everything mm-hmm. that I, that I've I've learned. Absolutely, you you know, there's a there was a, a fun fact. You know, I was just thinking about that. You know, about CC Pennison and I. You know, that mm-hmm. we were both. Uh, uh, former Miss Black Arizonas. Hi, my name is Amber Dirks. I'm currently residing in the beautiful western part of Arizona, Glendale. I have two beautiful children, a wonderful husband that I've been with for 17 years. I am very into um, hospital uh, volunteering as well as donating to many causes that has to do with children, cerebral palsy, uh, many other wonderful things that I can uh, contribute myself to. That's what I'm about. I'm also a professional singer. I sing with Sister Sledge. I'm also the first, the very first, Miss Black USA Arizona. Um, I'm also on my part-time stuff, what I do with the children. I'm the first black female football tackle coach, and I have my own team. And that's things that I love to do with the kids. Um, I I have a joy in doing that. As a matter of fact, in the winter, I have um, 16 kids coming back to my team. I'm just so excited. I just really love it. I'm currently also coaching for a Pop Warner team. I am the special teams coach. But, you know, we're just having some fun. And, you know, I love the camaraderie that we're having here today. I think these women are wonderful. I think the show is a very positive premise. And I just hope that I can be a part of it. I want to give what I can to this cause. See, I got to start doing a video podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) But y'all can just go out online and find Copatechnic and you will find Amber Dirks out there. Dirk or Dirks? Dirks, yes, with the S. Mm Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I've been enjoying the conversation so far. I haven't even gotten to my question list. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, that's a good thing. Let me see. Actually, you did kind of get to a lot Are of these. Are you still rolling? Yep. I am. Or am I? Yeah, it's rolling. Mm-hmm. 
It's moving along slowly. You just can't tell from that oh. angle. Oh, okay. I see the line moving. Yeah. <laughs> see down here. We're rolling. Mm, mm -hmm. That's cool. And we're rolling. Cool setup. Uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. What did I... What? You said you had questions. I did. You didn't get it. You know, you were but, enjoying us just rambling on. <laughs> and you, you didn't even get an opportunity to get to your questions. Well, here. Let's do this then. Mm -hmm. uh, let's pop over to... Remember it? Slap somebody! <laughs> Make you want to slap somebody. Yes. Yeah. What was that? That was given yeah. him. That was 2022. Mm -hmm. So that was just last year, right? Yes. And that was you singing? Mm hmm Okay. Because that was for always, correct? That's correct. Nice. Yes. So, so all of these songs for always generated the screenplay yes that is correct mm -hmm. that is wow. correct okay and i noticed you brought a book in yes i know y'all can't see it but hey trust me <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been watching this on uh youtube but we'll get to that at the end too okay because i was saying this was kind of a, a uh oh you got words and stuff in here <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the picture. <laughs> I was gonna say the 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 um, YouTube videos are kind of like a cross between a graphic novel and a YouTube video, an MTV video. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which is which is kind of nice. And the drawing, you know, give shout outs to your artist. Very good. Yeah, yes. isn't it? Uh, the artist uh, who uh, person did all the illustration, Miguel Guerrero. He is out of Paris. Um, mm -hmm. He lives in Paris, France. He's actually a, uh, he does tours for um, all the black exhibits and all the black history of Paris. He does a tour for that. He's actually from New York um, by way of Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> I mean, he's all over the place. But he's 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 a extremely gifted artist. Yeah. And the fact that if you look at his drawings, you know from our storyboard that we did, he was able mm -hmm. to the ex express the emotion mm -hmm. of the characters mm -hmm. through his art. Mm -hmm. yes. And that was like extremely important. And, um, you know, kudos to, to, to Miguel because- Yes, Miguel. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that, art, that art's very nice. Uh, we were really enjoying that. That's what we were looking at and, and taking note of. Cause, uh, but <laughs> the fact, see you did, like I used to do, um, slideshows for the ASU marching band. When were you here? Because you might have been around when I was around. I'm not sure. But uh, I was doing myself and a partner. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we were doing slideshows for the band. We would do exactly the same thing. Oh, really? We'd, put oh, a, cool. we'd get together a music track, mm -hmm. put that music track together the way we wanted it to flow the emotion mm -hmm. of the evening. And then we'd grab the slides that fit 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very so cool. people would always say, how do you sync that up so well? <laughs> it's like because the pictures come after the music. So it's easy to fit the music in where it right. exactly needs to go. I mean, fit the pictures in. So, uh, I mean, that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> it, it makes that. Uh, you did that for ASU? Mm-hmm. Very oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's Several very cool. years. I, I got down here and <laughs> if you couldn't tell, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to work, I, I worked at ASU my my first year there um, in the uh, music theater department. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I I went up there. Yeah, I I did the recordings for the recitals. Did you? Yeah. Me and Sam Sam Esp- don't you say Sam as uh, as, uh, as far as yeah me and Sam <laughs> small world <laughs> Sam just mixed and engineered my last song oh very oh, cool yeah. <laughs> it is a small tell him world. I said hi I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen him in years I will I was actually going to ask you if you knew him for some reason you know I what know I why. I would I would always see him out like like not at a restaurant or anything but like walking through. Like an EAR or mm. some music oh, yeah. store. Oh, As I'm yeah. going in, he's coming out, or vice versa. Wow! Yeah. But yeah, we did we, we did the recordings uh, for Gabriel Sound for the Gabriel. Uh, ah. I know I'm bringing <laughs> back memories. <laughs> I remember that uh, Sam. Yeah, Sam. He did my actually. He did my first project as well mm-hmm. at his house. Mm. I'm sure you probably know he. He uh, started in his own house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went over there years ago. Helped build his studio up. And yeah, that was my first project. Oh, wow. that's very cool. So yeah. We go way back, too. Very oh, cool. <laughs> that's why when you said 20 or so years, I'm thinking, oh, you got to know Sam. Isn't that <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. were in the same building. Yeah, we were, we were doing recordings. We were yeah. putting tapes in and, and then duplicating them. For everybody who was in the uh, thing, mm-hmm. yeah, we we I wanted that gig. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I lucked up into it because I was I was changing jails about the theater uh, for mm-hmm. Sam, for Paul Estes, and then I um, then he was just like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do that." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and that, that felt more like up in my field to do, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see my lighting. I'm, I got oh my yeah. Lighting yeah. On, yeah so. but, That's pretty cool in here. Yeah, yeah. I like I like it. Mm-hmm. The little cave, but <laughs> uh, but we dig we digress. Is this a signed copy from me? No, or you just uh, Amber and I, to Amber. Amber. No, Amber and I can sign it for you. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> we'll do that after. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do it after. But I had a big smile. I want to make sure I brought. I mean, so I brought you a copy and yeah. uh, get some more copies too. So if it um, wasn't for me, I'm okay. It won't hurt my feelers. Oh no, 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 this is no, this is for you. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I have one for Uh-oh. you. Uh oh. Because I heard this, uh, or I read it somewhere, but I'm going to ask you to think about this. What do you think of this statement about music? Quote. Because music doesn't matter anymore. People don't care anymore about the music itself. They care about who makes the music. So the question is, what do you think of this statement about music? Quote, because music doesn't matter anymore. 
people don't care anymore about the music itself. They mm. care about who makes the music, unquote. You answer that first. Okay. What do you think? Um, and I believe that's that Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. See, how did you know that? Because I'm, I'm he's that <laughs> <laughs> from Chicago. I knew, I knew you had that one, so that's why I wanted you to have that one. Yeah. So. Well, um, I agree. I mean, especially, yeah. especially uh, in DJ culture. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ culture, you know. Mm-hmm. I DJ as well, but. Oh, do you? Yeah, but what really? Yeah, remember I started when I was five. Taking <laughs> <laughs> those breaks, remember? That's right. <laughs> That's why they had to pay me in. No, just... <laughs> they didn't even know they were paying. Me. Yeah. <laughs> My father be like, "Hey, sip the poison off the top." I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> but uh, no, in DJ culture these days, you know, you'll have somebody standing in front of tens of thousands of people with their hand up in the air mm-hmm. playing somebody else's music. Mm. But they didn't come to hear that, mu- you know, the music is not as important as the person who's holding his hands up in the air right. and pumping his fist to your music. You know, it's more of that's their stage and that's what they do. And, you know, nobody could actually know, like, what song did you just play last or what the song before that DJs don't care because it's a very narcissistic system that they operate in. Hmm. Not to mention if they're, if, I mean, if they are, excuse me, a DJ of, of any, you know, cut from any high order cloth, mm-hmm. they're doing mixes that change the music from whoever created it to their creation in the right. first place. Right. Right. So in, in those cases, in those instances, I can see it a little bit about, yeah, it's about the person because they're doing the mixing, but it's still not about the music. It's not about the music. No. I mean, you know, I, and you know what? I can, I can see you ushering in, but it's really, I, I feel that like when you look at a DJ and he puts his name on a flyer, you know, they're trying to draw you to the DJ as opposed to the event to hear music. Right. You know, um, so, you know, and and that's just one part, portion of it. I mean, that's not even, you know, I'm not even including those people who are on social media who have zero talent. And, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to do a track and they put auto-tune on it mm. and, and the Good music. But it's really more, <laughs> it's more really to boast their profile. Um, mm-hmm as a social media star as opposed to I really love doing this music. I know for myself, you know, when I first started, um, when I first started, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I get to meet girls and do this, do that. (laughs) But then there comes a point where you start writing music and you get sensitive, like, about your stuff. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you do. Yeah, you You get You know, it's just like with a vocalist. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, like for me, I don't want auto-tune on my voice, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just don't want it. You know, I feel that if I can't hit the note, then we need to find another note. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to sound artificial. You know what I'm saying? I want to I wanna be real because when I perform, I want it to be that much more intriguing mm-hmm. live, you know? Right. And, and, you know, and then getting back to what you were talking about with the DJ thing in retrospect, that DJ does have to capture that audience, though. 
He does. You know? Oh, yeah. Because if, 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 if you can't keep him on that floor, then it's not going to be, you know, a success. You right. know what I mean? So, but getting back to that, yeah, it's just, it's the same type of vibe. I mean, you, you know, I mean, for me, you know, I, I, I want to be very genuine in everything I do. Mm-hmm. And I think in uh, in Herbie's instance, they're talking about jazz. Why people? Why jazz isn't popular mm-hmm. anymore? And, and that's because I'm going to say in our days, I'm going to just go out on a limb and put us all in the same no. area. <laughs> no, <don't> do that. <laughs> Ish. Okay. Yep. Yep. Ish. Big but ish. Yeah. I, I know for myself. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> I know for myself, I used to, in fact, with Sam, we would sit out in in his car because he had an MR2. Or, yeah, I think he had an MR2. Mm-hmm. And then he would, uh, of course, hook up the best audio system ever in mm-hmm. it. So we would just sit in the driveway and be listening to tunes. Mm. And the quality of the production of the tunes and the tunes themselves, not so much who did it, uh, other than the fact that that was a good producer or artist right. who knew what they were doing and sounded good. But we listened to the music. We weren't worried that it's, uh, we're not, I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> no we, name we weren't so worried about the artist. We were listening to the music which should make you appreciative, RK, because you work hard to make that music sound like mm-hmm. it's... Like yeah, that. I mean, but, you know, I, you know, like I told you, when I was younger, I mean, I would, you know, I would pick out parts, you know, because, like, man, that riff, the bass line is, like, nice. Mm. <laughs> right? And I'm trying to, like, look on the back of the album, like, you know... Oh, you liner know, notes. Yeah, on the liner <laughs> notes, like, you know, because it's bass, and then you'll start to go and pick up your bass and like, let me try and, to... and and he does play bass. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. plays multiple yeah. instruments. Yeah, on the given him, I'm playing bass on there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but um, I uh, yeah, I mean, you you pick out stuff and you learn stuff from certain musicians and um, just a little brief story. When I was 17 years old, I used to get off this bus on uh, 20, I think it was 24th in Michigan, I mean 24th in the state in Chicago and I would run past the projects mm-hmm. um, to get to Michigan Avenue so I could go to the studio where all I knew like, you know, Tremaine Hawkins and, and um, you know, the Earth, Wind and & Fire and Cool and & Gang, they all recorded there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, used to sit in the, I used to sit in the lobby and, and I said, you know, hey, I want somebody to hear my tape. You know, that was, you know, my little whack demo tape that I would make when I was uh, 17. Why are you saying tape? But go ahead. Because it was, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. (laughs) My cassette tape. They might not know. So it's not MP3. And and look, I spent money. It wasn't on a realistic cassette. It was on a TDK. Uh, Well, there you go. You stepped it up. I stepped it up. You stepped it up. So I would would sit there and the receptionist was like, well, you know, a person is going to come out and and I would see Cool and the Gang going in. Um, uh, the guys, uh, the Phoenix Horns, uh, would come in um, from, from Phil Collins' Hot Club, uh, Tub Club and Everyone in Fire. I see him walking in. I'm like, man, I want to go in there.
she she walked in there. Her name was Ricky, the receptionist. She walked in there, and one dude came out, <laughs> and then he was like, "What you need?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm just trying to play my cassette." And he listened to it, <laughs> and he gave it back to me. He said, "That's cute, man." Um, he said, "What?" That's cute. That's cute. Oh wow. That's cute. He says you need to learn how to play some chords and right. and do some some deeper stuff. He says, "Bro, I tell you what, I'll let you hang out and uh, you know take out the trash and do stuff like that. You, okay. can, you know, keep coming back and I'll work with you on your tape." Right. But I said, well, "You know, who are you? Because you, you know, the people I want to get with in the studio." Right. <laughs> and um, his name was Tom Washington. Um, they called him Tom Tom eighty four. And I didn't realize, but he was the arranger for Earth, Wind, and Fire. He was mm-hmm. the arranger for uh, Cool in the Gang. Um, <laughs> oh, he was that's their MD. Who he was. The, the, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, was it Blaming on the Boogie? He did. He did the oh, Jackson. For real? Yeah, he he did. Why like, you? Oh. Why you? Man, you know I got shows coming up doing all those songs, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and this dude, and this dude he was just like, you know, come back and then, um, like, probably my third time, a third time back. He sits at the, at the piano. I says, come over here. And he sits at the piano, and he goes over my hands and starts playing the chords. He says, this is how it feels to play the chords. And I was just like, whoa. Wow. I said, That's, I want to do that. <laughs> and then uh, I told my uncle about it. And then my uncle was just like, well, let me show you the chords on the piano. Mm-hmm. And my uncle played jazz piano, and he showed me how to do the first, third, fifth. Yeah. yeah, and then add the seventh or raise the seventh or raise the third. You know, he showed me how to do all that. So by the time I spent all summer, like my 17th, my 17th year, <laughs> and I spent the whole summer just learning chords. And by the time, you know, um, the beginning of the year came around, I was like, I could read chord charts, like, you know, nice. pretty good. And, um, you know, just, you know, it was no longer about, oh, about the girls. Now it was like, now, nah, man. Creatability. I, yeah, I want to yeah. I want to learn about the music and mm-hmm. I started getting more into the music part of it yeah. as opposed to the super, you know, the superficial thing that everybody ought to start and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to, to be in a room with other musicians and be hitting everything together. And it's just a feeling yeah. that, you know, there's something, you know, it's a whole another feeling, but yeah. to see a DJ sometimes, Stand up there, play your song in front of ten thousand people, and then you're like, "Okay, how am I going to eat?" But he's playing my song, For real? and he's he's bumping his head to your song and making money and making, and making money making in front money. of tens of thousands. It's just. But doesn't BMI in that they don't they don't they they pay they pay, that they kind pay of stuff. well they have to pay some kind of royalty or get some type of licensing <laughs> to play that stuff. Nah. Radio can track it, but you yeah. know, for DJs playing in live arenas, mm. they don't so much. Mm. And um, you know, your stuff gets, and then you know, it, it, it could be pennies, you know, if you do get paid on it. But um, which you know, streaming is a whole different, right, right, animal. Yeah. But yes, it is. So, but yeah, but that, but that was my thing. It was just like, yeah, you're right. The music part of it is just, you know. When you start to get sensitive about, you know, your music and they're like, I don't like the way that sounds. Like, what do you mean you don't like the way that sounds? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I got, I had 500,000 people buy it. <laughs> Just <laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, nah, but it, I think for you, for me, for JB, right, you know, right. writing, 
you know, it's about the music and and when we hit that pocket, it's it's just it feels good. Feels very good. And, and that's what you should be doing. I mean, if mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good to you, mm-hmm. there's you no point do in doing it. it. That's yeah. correct. No point in doing it because I I'm sure that first project I did with Sam, I'm pretty sure that song that that doesn't have a whole lot of popular uh, type of songs on it. Mm-hmm. For the masses, it doesn't make a difference. I like right. it. It's, it's like you, if you love it, then that's great. That's somebody right. likes it. It may not be a lot of people, but it's somebody. And I'm it's going like to it's gonna bless other people that's besides right. yourself. So, yeah. right. you know, there's a, there's an audience for everything. Yeah. And that's real that's, talk. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Real talk. But before that, I want to talk about you two <laughs> or you three, you and Jimmy and and Amber in the studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you behind the desk? Are you, or are you just playing at the piano as well? No, I'm engineering. Are you guys tracking? I'm engineering and mixing. Okay, mm-hmm, the well. whole project. You multi-tracking? Are you are you uh, doubling up on voices, on vocals and stuff? Or it no? depends on what what the song requires, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I know that. I mean, but yeah, I do all the backgrounds, mm-hmm. leads, you know, um, harmonies, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I do. And then um, JB and I, you know, and then there have been a couple of times where you put some input in for, for, for some lyrics, oh, you yeah. know, and stuff too. But we we get together, we just start vibing, you know, just start vibing. So we'll hear our cage sitting there jamming and then we're like, oh, we're coming up with a hook. Mm. And that's how we just, just get rolling. Whatever we get rolling. I worked with another band that did that, and uh, they literally started out from just hooking stuff up and putting, mm-hmm. you know, all their instruments together and just start, somebody starts cranking on something and then somebody else kind of picks it up and next thing you know, they're into a groove or right. something. That's a fun way to do it. It is. Because... Really, the way I've written most of my stuff, I am taking piano lessons. Okay. I haven't sitting here, but because I, I was in a band when I was sixteen, mm-hmm. and we had a band that played four nights a week in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we weren't supposed to be there, but we right. just promised we wouldn't drink. That's what's up. <laughs> I didn't, and yeah, actually, we didn't because our manager was there. He made sure we didn't because right. we didn't want to get thrown out of that gig because it was course. a good gig. Right. Four nights a week, you getting high paid school too? Shoot. Getting paid. That's what's up. Buying clothes. Yeah, so we had outfits yeah. to look good. Not for school, for band. For band, right. Yeah, we had these lime green outfits that I don't know why we did it. but uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, Anyway, but um, I was playing and on our breaks. They had a piano in the back. So mm-hmm. I would plunk around on that come up with something that I liked and and just keep playing it until I remembered it and didn't know what I was doing. I knew what sounded good to me, but I didn't know what I was doing. So that's the way a lot of my stuff kind of came about on mm-hmm. my first project. Now that I'm actually learning how to play, mm-hmm. I know why I liked what I liked because now I know what that progression meant. Like mm-hmm. a, you know, like a, Two five, uh, two five one, progression, or, mm-hmm. or why, what a dominant seventh sounds like when you're coming from, you know, a, a major chord or a minor seventh chord. I know what it sounds like now because I know what the heck I'm playing. Right. So now I know to rec- how to recognize it. So it, it makes a lot of difference having that education. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say you know because 
I didn't start off playing uh, piano. I started off playing trombone mm. um, in high school in marching band and jazz band. And that's how I was gigging, playing in jazz band. But, um, you know, just learning the chords on piano, you know, it, it, you know, you can only do so much on a trombone. Mm-hmm. Only so many love songs you could do. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I can play a bean. I can play a bean to him. Uh, yeah, you know, I do a little bit of Fred West. Do a little oh, bit yeah. of Fred Wesley, and I was at it. But, um, but that was the way. You know, uh, I also got paid in high school was to gig because yeah. my uh, my band teacher was like, "Meet me at 95th and National. Hmm. Bring your horn." Bring this music, bring this music, and bring that music. And you get there, be, you know, it's like, whether it's a mayor, a mayor rally or whatever, yeah. we just, mm-hmm. just, we just mm-hmm. go at it and start playing. And you know, but you know, to play the keyboard, it was like a, that was a, a opportunity to express your emotion, you know, mm-hmm. you know, with the chords and everything. Because I think chords can make people feel a certain way. Oh yeah, That's oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean about the learning part. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now that I'm learning what chord I was playing, uh, it's like I know what that sounds like. Why does that sound like that? Because that's an augmented fifth or, or something like that. It's mm-hmm. an augmented chord or, or it's a, a, something with a flat five going to it. And then that progression that goes, you start, start recognizing what mm-hmm. progression sounds like what. So then you get that in your head. It's like, okay, I know what I want to do. Now I know, okay, go from a, a, a minor seventh to a to a ninth, or and then back to a diminished, back to the G seven, not a G seven minor seven, or a G major seven, just a mm-hmm. G seven. Mm-hmm. It's a different sound than a G major seven. See, I didn't know that back then. Right. Um, so you start learning that stuff and it makes a difference in the composition. And now that's when you start getting sensitive about the music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you start appreciating it. More yeah, too, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're appreciating that whole concept yeah. of why someone is doing it this way. Yeah. You know, it's a more deeper understanding of music. Yeah. And you know what makes someone feel a certain mm-hmm. way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the, one of the cool things about playing uh, also in church is like you get to you know you know you can start to you start to know those chords just automatically mm-hmm. just to play you know when the preacher is like just doing a sermon or mm-hmm. whatever you know and you mm-hmm. you know the in the spirit in the spirit and you're just playing and um you know and then the preacher is like oh yeah keep that going and, mm-hmm. you know it's like you start to learn those chords and how to just start to feel them um because I know I used to write my chords down all the time. And then I had a um, a pastor. He came up to me and I was playing and he said, um, do you need me to help you? He, he he came in from the Navy and he was just like, do you need me to help you wrap the chords? And he said this for a couple of weeks. You know, I, I helped you take a keyboard to the car and all that. I was like, cool. And then um, he said, if you need some help playing, I can help you play. And then he came and that dude was just, whoa. Wow. <laughs> he had no idea. That dude, huh? that dude was just, <laughs> nut- I mean, when, you know, you have Kirk Franklin and right. Fred Hammond, you know, say good things about you because he could come in and no matter what the song was, mm. he can hear it one time. Wow. That amazing. Yeah. 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 Talking about uh, great spiritual and 
church and gospel music. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a relation with the whinings. So. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the whinings. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just recently found that out. But anyway, we won't go into that. <laughs> it's a small world, isn't it? It is. Isn't it's it a, a very small, small world. world. And it helps to talk. Yeah, yeah. it does. But I would have never, I could have went into that place and walked out and never have known what something? was going on. No. So it was meant I, to I, be. I, 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 will, I will say yeah. this, though. Um, you know, this being the kind of state that it is, Arizona, you know, we don't get the love that we get that we get back east. Oh, um, overseas. Overseas. Yeah. Overseas. Overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. we, we, we yeah. actually mm-hmm. uh, charted on the... Um, mm-hmm on the UK soul chart mm-hmm. uh, for a song called Wonder Woman that we did. And, um, yeah. And, yeah, so, like I said, we just, it went to number two? Yes. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could have yeah. swore I had more than that of that song. That's okay. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, like I said, uh, you know, shout out to, you know, Amber, Jimmy, Chantel for all, you know, knocking that out. I mean, uh, you know, many songs that we have. I mean, we we have songs that, you know, didn't even make the soundtrack that we still have. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I still want to do our case. When are we getting back in the studio to do that? Because you yeah, know that we... one, there's a few tracks that oh, we I have know. that, dude, it, it's, man, we got to put those out. Yes. For real. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like I said, we, we've gotten love on the East Coast, but Arizona is just a different is a different beast, and it's always been that way. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, we've presented records, you know, you know, from the time we we first started, and they've gone in the trash, but um, you know they've done well overseas and mm-hmm. you know in other places. So right. yeah, it's it's tough around here because the, the 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 outlets for some of the type of music, at least that I'm hearing out of you, and and jazz in general, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not saying yours is jazz because it's more like we said that mix it's of R&B soul. and yeah. eclectic soul I like mm-hmm. it okay there is no out, outlet out there right. <laughs> for eclectic soul by itself let's say because the, these stations that they call themselves R&B I don't know what that is oh. so <laughs> I don't know what they call R&B but it's not what I call R&B I don't think right. it's what you call R&B no. so it's mm-hmm. tough in this area to be able to, to get that stuff played in the first place. Yeah. Well, let me just kind of touch on like R&B today and R&B from what, you know, <laughs> from back in the day. You really want to go there? Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, go okay. there. Uh-oh. I would say, you know, it's a, it's a very sad state of R&B right now mm. because um, for the fact that how many classic records are coming up? How many can you go to an auditorium or to you know, a function and somebody can cover, do a cover. Mm. A lot of the trap, I mean, hey, trap music has its place, but who wants to hear trap music um, at an auditorium at a school function? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to hear the, the classics from Whitney, you want to hear Mariah, mm-hmm. you want to hear 
Gladys Knight. Yeah. You know, Stevie Wonder. You want to hear classic music. Yeah. No more classic music. Unless you're with that group like with uh, Bruno Mars. Oh. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. So, so what is it? The funk. Uh, you're talking about that tune by Bruno, Bruno well, Mars. Group, and... What is oh, it? Uh, oh, I know you're talking about Anderson Park. Um, Damn. I can't think of the name of them right now. It's like, it's bothering me. Not that one. No, it's the one they did. Because um, he was fresh like a... Hold, is it hold the door open? Or what's it, what's it called? I mean, they, they did a... I mean, they tried to bring Sonic back... Silk, Sonic Soul or something like that? It's a Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Yeah, Silk Sonic. Yeah. And, and, and they brought back a lot of the, that genre, you know, of music, that soul music um they even did what was that song that they, they redid um was a redo yeah i mean i love rap but it's uh it's killed the ability for kids to learn music mm. well, you know i mean and it's so in your face right now right yeah some yeah of, but i mean it. i mean but you know it's a single it's a single note <laughs> yeah out most of the time but you know they took music There's out no of school. They took music. They took music out of school. So it's like, oh, they're, take, they're taking yeah. a whole bunch of stuff yeah. out of school. Let's not even go there. Right I mean, now. but that, but that's, <laughs> but, but that was the stuff that you know, between you know, being outside, having mm -hmm. four channels to watch on TV, and <laughs> and practicing. That's really all I had. Right. And um, and the radio. And that's, the radio. That's why you listened to music. Yeah, you know, I, I could I could radio. listen and that was a cool thing. Yeah, that was a cool thing. I would yeah. listen to WLS and listen to Paul McCartney and Linda Ronstadt and all these different and I and I think mm -hmm. that expanded my horizons as far as pop music. Right. And um the early the early videos, you know, stuff that you wouldn't have thought you would listen to, like um Dire Straits or the police mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you got to see in videos because videos were popular and that was right um you know uh david bowie is you know yeah it, it, you know you got inspired more by, by the music to me but you yes. know back at that time and that's yeah. true because it meant something you mm -hmm. know what i mean it wasn't you know they had a story mm -hmm. yeah you know all the songs had the story i will survive yeah you know um Lots of stories. I mean, when you think about um, the uh, Diana Ross, you know, and the Supremes, yeah. you know. You know, I, I was just listening to Diana. I was listening to Ain't No Mountain High Enough, yeah. and, and then I was listening to Tammy Terrell and, <laughs> and Marvin Gaye, and I was just, I was just listening to those things. And Mahogany. Mahogany. The movie Mahogany with all Mahogany, the beautiful yes. music yeah. songs, you know. Yeah. So the inspiration, the inspiration to to do that is to me, you know. For me, it's lost it's its way. It's lost its way, yeah. And you look at the EPs out there, because an EP can be anything from two to four these days. People don't make albums, you know. I know they're not vinyl, but I still call them albums. We mm -hmm. were talking about that with a... Um, did you know Brian Chartrand? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Brian was a guest here, too. We were talking about that and how albums, because I really like his music, because he's telling stories. Mm-hmm. And and he got his inspiration for how he does tells his stories from Steely Dan, who mm -hmm. does it the best, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But 
uh, where we were going with that is you have an album <laughs> which that album has songs set in an order to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a beginning, you have an end. And you can bet your sweet dollar that they spent a lot of time picking that first and that last song. Just like with always. Just like with always. Yeah, always the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you put those in order and, to tell and, the story. And you mm-hmm. hear a book out of it. Yeah. But who's going to know that? People don't listen long enough to music. You know, You're right. You got to be able to catch no sense of patience to listen to an entire album anymore. Well, I mean, when it comes to now, you can just buy single songs, you know, MP3. You know, you don't have to buy a whole album. Whereas back in the day, in order for you to get that That one one song song. that you really like, you had to buy the album. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was so fortunate that I usually liked all the songs on the album anyway. But right. You know, and that one song that was the popular one, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. was not my favorite. I liked mm-hmm. it because it got all the radio play. Of course. That's what got me to the album. But then you find out, it's like, wow, why aren't they playing this? Why aren't right. they playing this? Why aren't they playing this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you know, like the Jackson 5 or groups mm. like that. You know, yeah. all the so- great songs they have. My great songs. Yeah. So I'm going to end this with a... I really appreciate you guys coming out and taking the time to talk with me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Since the uh, title of this podcast is Music, the Bed of Life, mm-hmm. I want each of you to answer what does that mean to you? Music, the Bed of Life. Either one of you chime the in. The Music, the Bed of Life. And let me give the definition. Mm-hmm. No matter where you go, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing, Music always finds your ears. Right. So what okay. does music, the bed of life, mean to mean you? Mean to me. It's just like for music, just like when I say um, love is unconditional, mm-hmm. just as in music, you know, it's unconditional. You know, um, it, it's, it's a feeling. It, it's, a, it's, it's life. It's, it's a meaning. You know, it's, um, it interprets. It interprets your being. So that's what it means to me. It's beautiful. To me, it means the foundation of, uh, mm-hmm. of, of, of who we are. And music encompasses you, makes you comfortable, makes you, you know, snuggle with it and, and, mm-hmm. and soothes you. Yeah, snuggle with it. Hey, you know what? When I when I am not feeling a certain way, you know, I always turn to music. Yes. And, right. And it, you know, it. I even told my wife, I said, you know, no music is my mistress. You know, she's like, <laughs> she she's like, I already. She's like, music is. I'm the mistress. <laughs> <laughs> You're married to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You married yeah. to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, you know, just music is just our foundation, is, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's our love, and it, it's, it's what makes it, it makes us comfortable and feel good. So, well, excellent. Uh, appreciate those uh, definitions and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Tell me for the uh, final bit of this, where can people find Copatechnic and or your music? Well, they can find Copatechnic on Spotify, all the digital. Retailers oh. from iTunes, Amazon, um, 
you know, even YouTube, uh, our yeah. series is on there. The, the actual yeah, Amber's narrating the series. Uh, oh, that is yeah. Yeah, narration. And got that um, New York swag. You yeah, know exactly. Yes. <laughs> and she and she did an excellent job. Yeah, um, thank that as well. So and just so you know, we're trying to um, take that and do a live version of it, so we can mm-hmm. have the. The, the storyboard play as we go through the songs for the whole mm-hmm. for the whole so that's you know In our next works. thing so yeah. I gotta try to get myself together so we could yes. we could do that <laughs> um, and then uh, as far as the the book the book could be found on Amazon and Kindle paperback or hardback uh, the Kindle version actually has hyperlinks in in the um, in the, in, the, uh, in, in the story, story. So you can go to music. So you right? can go right to the music, yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, then I say thank you for thank coming. You. Thank Definitely you. Definitely appreciate us. you being here. Some great stories there. And mm-hmm. uh, we hope to see more of you out live. Yes. Yes. That yes. I did I did enjoy that, even though it didn't look like I was listening. I was listening. Oh, no. well, thank you I so was much. Listening. So thank you all for joining us on this episode of Music, the Bed of Life. All right. And we will see you (laughs) next time. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about this show and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simiel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen.